episode with the brand new name branding we're now cinnabums uh a much much easier name to remember and that rolls off the tongue more uh and uh it it, we both said this before that it sort of speaks to us because we are yeah cinnabums yeah so i i don't think like in a way we're uh eliminating um uh like episodes or content that we've already uh uh, done together in a way our name is a tribute to all that content yes. <laughs> these past couple of years where we in a laid back way uh would text each other hey man you want a <laughs> podcast this week <laughs> what do you want to talk about yeah oh, now you're, you're giving Scorsese? away our, our secrets yeah <laughs> Yeah, Leone. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, it encapula- it encapsulates um, everything we've done in the past and what we'll continue to do in the future, but on a grander yeah. scale, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I think yeah. Uh, so if if you're new, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Uh, check out the past stuff. We've got a lot. We got a lot of good stuff, and uh, yeah, and we'll we'll keep we'll keep similar things going with what we've done in the past we'll also probably have some newer themed episodes out there and we're going to be available on uh, not just all these platforms that you can listen to podcasts on but youtube as well yeah uh, in case that's easier yeah some people Key. like would rather just go to youtube so there you go um and our new social media if you already follow us you'll probably just get um redirected you'll be transferred over transferred over don't worry you don't have to do anything um for those of you who don't follow us that will be at cinnabums on instagram um you can find us on facebook too and uh youtube look up cinnabums podcast uh and uh yeah we're still pretty much the same you know it's gonna be the same podcast but we're we're gonna try and take it to another level <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, but in ways, it'll be exactly the same. Yes. At, at yeah. its core. Yeah, I, we we talk about mo- every uh, movie, everything from the weird Matthew McConaughey rom-com on Netflix to mm-hmm. uh, the, the 50s Ilya Kazan uh, <laughs> classic Hollywood film, uh, the pioneers of classic Hollywood, and then to the... Uh, to the like 70s and then just we we follow extensively follow uh, um, modern movies just what comes out by the year and we talk extensively about how much we like those Uh, so if you're looking for uh, the best movies of the year we usually talk about that uh, very extensively yeah yeah so a broad spectrum of uh, of a lot of different movies and since there's not a lot that has come out in in 2020 and you're still catching up on 2019 movies then you can go back and listen to our our top 30 from uh 2019 um yeah still very relevant yeah well so yeah like luke said we'll 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 cover almost almost everything and uh uh also 
um we had we had a few people write into our old email which is nice that if you want to write into uh our podcast now we have a new email and it's cinnabumspod at gmail.com and cinnabums if you're listening to this you can probably see what the what the title is and how to spell it but it's c-i-n-e-b-u-m-s pod at gmail.com so uh yeah write to us with any questions or uh or recommendations corrections anything uh and yeah we'll uh we'll maybe read that on the air and then talk about that uh okay yeah i think that, i think that's good info that covers it up so uh yeah i guess now we can get into this week's episode which uh it's you know it's finally all about me and i get to in- <laughs> i get to yeah. indulge and do something for myself for once <laughs> luke just takes over and and you know makes it his own podcast but i can finally express myself today. <laughs> always talking about paul thomas anderson shit. oh god yeah all these uh, all this film school uh garbage and now i can find now talk we'll be moving this. to western <laughs> westerns. westerns yes we're uh, we're heading west and uh yeah that's so basically something that got me more and more into into movies was this is probably in sometime in high school. I started to get really into Western movies, specifically Clint Eastwood. And um, it's definitely a genre that got me more into classic movies uh, as well. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've, over the over the course of the past decade or so, I've been trying to um, educate myself on a lot of um, a lot of Westerns, everything from the classic to the modern ones. And I on uh, on letterbox where you can also follow us um with cinnabums on letterbox we'll be putting up all our lists that we talk about on the podcast and we'll log the movies that we that luke and i both watch um and you can follow us individually on there as well but uh yeah i created a top 20 westerns list that we're gonna talk about today and i picked 20 when i made this list just because i felt like that was a good amount like 10 didn't seem like enough um so just doubling that to be 20 seemed good. And these are like my favorite 20 Westerns, not necessarily what are like the greatest Westerns of all time. Um, and I know Luke, you've seen, you've seen, I've seen almost a good, all of these. I've seen a good amount. Um, yeah, a fair amount. And a lot I do need to also, I've only seen once. Um, yeah. And I, I, I thought this would be good. Uh, Cause I, I'm curious about this and um I'll, mainly because you're you're more well versed in westerns than me, uh, so yeah, that's a good that's a good topic for you. And I've I've followed this list since its birth, <laughs> <laughs> since its inception. You've seen it yeah. grow and yeah and evolve. Yeah. yeah, and there's been a lot of adjustments. Uh, I've seen this week. Uh, yeah, in the list as I've followed it. Yeah, the fact that we've uh, that we are doing this it got me just to think think more about it and more go more in depth with it and i made some uh big changes just in the past few days um after just contemplating my list and my taste <laughs> yeah or um and i've even I, I even watched something just yesterday that is now added to the list uh yeah and yeah i saw part of the reason because you recommended it to me uh, i made sure to watch it so um yeah and so if you're looking for this list on our letterbox page is the only list right now because we're just getting yes. started it's 
John's Tarantino Western list. I named it justly. Oh, Tarantino Western list. Yeah, it's the it's the Tarantino Western. I'm considering if it's if that sticks, I'm considering naming all of our lists the Tarantino, Tarantino whatever list. list. Like the Tarantino Noir lists or something like that. Oh, that's great, Luke. Yeah, yeah, that's really great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, yeah. So should we get should we get started? Um, should we do this? Let's get uh, started. Do you think we should do this one movie by movie, or do you want to like rattle them off five by five or ten by ten and talk about them as a whole? So I'm glad you asked, Luke, because I actually right. thought about this, and I so the idea I had in my head is that you can you can go to our letterbox to see the full like ranking of one through twenty, um, but for this episode i think i'll maybe I'll, I'll break it up into chunks i'll talk about the like the modern westerns that are on there there's, there's a few modern westerns on there. oh okay and I then um yeah the, there's a couple of them that are really that are like intertwined in a way um and then go into like the i'll do like the top five you know five all right through, so five for, a, for a lot of it not as much thinking about order necessarily right, right. gotcha all right but I think I'll start off. I'll actually start off with um, modern westerns, and okay. part of the reason is because there's a modern western, which is my number twenty. Um, yeah. And so we'll briefly talk about some of these modern ones, and uh, then we'll jump to a different category. Um, but the modern ones I have here in my top twenty uh, is 1993's um, Tombstone, starring Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. Um, and then we also have True Grit, which is the Coen Brothers um, version of True Grit, 310 to Yuma. Now, those are both remakes of older westerns. Um, and then we also have Bone Tomahawk. And yeah, those are the modern ones. So Tombstone, True Grit, 310 to Yuma, and Bone Tomahawk. Yeah, I've seen one out of those. Seen I've one. seen Bone Tomahawk. Bone Tomahawk. Well, uh, here, let's talk about uh, Bone Tomahawk first then. Um, so this uh, this would have to be probably my favorite modern western, and just because it's it's a uh, it's a very different movie. And if you've listened to the podcast before, we've talked uh, about this briefly and about S. Yeah. Craig Zoller too, the director mm-hmm. who's directed a lot of brutal, uh, brutal, hardcore, gory movies in the past. Yeah, uh, if you've few ever years. seen uh, Brawl in Cell Block ninety nine or uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Uh, both came yep. out in the you know very recently yep and then uh bone tomahawk is like his brutal gory uh western which i'll actually read the the plot here so it stars kurt russell uh richard jenkins who's uh if you don't know he's also dale dobeck's dad and stepbrothers uh <laughs> <laughs> patrick wilson and matthew fox and uh yeah, it's about uh, so during a shootout in a saloon, Sheriff Hunt, Kurt Russell injures a um, suspicious stranger. One of the villagers takes care of him in prison. One day they both disappear. Only the spear of a cannibal tribe is found. Hunt and a few of his men go in search of the prisoner and his nurse. So, um, yeah, Kurt Russell is the sheriff here, and Richard Jenkins is his deputy. And then um, Patrick Wilson. Um, he loses his well. He doesn't lose his wife, but his wife is kidnapped by this cannibal tribe, which is around their town. 
and um this is a very different western from the rest of these on here because it's uh it's a bit of a horror movie in yeah a way horror too. western horror western kind of like yeah. those uh those guys in red dead where they take over and they just yes. come out of the woods it's kind of like that except they're uh in bone tomahawk they're um they're kind of more native american i th- right yeah they're they're native like, american they're like a, this cannibal tribe yeah um I, but they're very like inhuman uh, yeah yeah they come running out uh very quickly <laughs> always yeah, yeah. gets your they heart this, racing like, every time it's yeah they're scary they're terrifying and they have this like scream that comes from their throat that's like so mm. loud forgot i forgot about the scream yeah it, I, I guess I don't, I would i don't know what i would compare it to almost like um I'm just thinking, like in Lord of the Rings, there's those dragons <laughs> the, that the ring rays. Um, the Nazgul's, uh, the Nazgul yeah. noise. Yeah, I just and I just watched those, so that's fresh. Yeah, and it's so piercing and uh, and terrifying. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Bone Tomahawk, I think, is a really um, dark and, uh, and and scary western. But th- at the same time, it's um, um, I, I think it it ends in a very brutal fashion, and it's not a super happy ending, but you still feel a little relief, and it's not just completely bleak mm-hmm. in the end. There is a little bit of it's it's really sad in the end too, but um, I think it does a great job of having this whole dark, gritty movie throughout. But it still um, gives you a, a good sense of uh, hope at the end, or just and just sense of relief, like I said too um and there's there's a lot of really hard to watch scenes in this um with these uh this cannibal tribe which is part of the reason why it's considered like a horror western too but um kurt russell and uh and richard jenkins are phenomenal in this i love the chemistry between them as like this old sheriff and his uh even older deputy yeah and uh just they're just really not um you know not at their prime age to take on a task like this but they still give it their all and they um yeah and and just the chemistry between them and uh everything they endure through it throughout it's uh yeah it's 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 probably my favorite modern western and it's very different from other movies um that'll be on this list so uh yeah yeah that's bone tomahawk i nice definitely recommend that um all right, then I'll go with so th- two of these other three moderns. I probably don't have as much to say about um, the remakes of older westerns, but I'll talk about Tombstone a little bit now. Which um, I think you've mentioned this before, Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. So Tombstone is all about Wyatt Earp and the gunfight at OK Corral, which is in like twenty other western movies, um, like My Darling Clementine, the John Ford movie with Henry Fonda. Uh, there's a movie White Earp with Kevin Costner and a movie called The Gunfight at OK Corral. But um, Tombstone is from 1993, and it is like the prime popcorn Western movie. Mm, okay. it, out of all <laughs> the movies on this list, out of all Western movies, it's it really doesn't have like so it's much... a it's an action Western. It is it if you just picture a '90s action movie but set in the old west, that is what Tombstone. Wow, is. 
Yeah, that sounds really cool. <laughs> like a, a movie you would just see on like AMC on cable and like a random afternoon. Tombstone probably plays on AMC like twice a week. But uh, nice. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a popcorn western movie and uh, also stars Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kurt Russell, Bill Paxton, Sam Elliott, and then um, uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is Doc Holliday, and Val Kilmer really is like the uh the best part of the movie he's hell yeah <laughs> he, is, he plays doc holiday who these are all people from like you know history like real people and the gunfight at lk corral was a real event and uh doc holiday was this gunslinger and, and val kilmer is like this very theatrical and over-the-top uh gunslinger who has this like ridiculous mustache and of course he does all these crazy things with a gun that the real doc holiday definitely never did nobody nobody ever <laughs> actually did the things that he does with a, with a gun but um it's just sort of like a folk like folklore about doc holiday that he is this you know um master gunslinger um yeah it's yeah. funny because i watch a lot of westerns and i'll think like even like leone's and i'll think this is like so absurd you know i'll (laughs) I'll think that and so it it makes me think that i'll really enjoy tombstone if if like this is really the absurd one actually yeah Uh, tombstone is is a really just easy movie to get into for anybody like if you if you've never seen a western in your life watch tombstone and it'll be like a very easy uh, what was the one uh i think it was uh the ridiculous six Mm. that i watched the most recent one that had a no wait is that the sandler Adam, one that's i'm the thinking of the one. i'm thinking of the um magnificent seven. Oh yes yeah so that, that one i watch and that's a lot of action i yes. don't know if you saw that that's actually i'm glad you brought that up so i haven't seen the new magnificent seven but i've seen the old one from the 60s or 70s it has like steve mcqueen charles bronson in it and that one is uh i'm sure it's a lot like the remake but just like Tombstone, it, it's really like just a, a fun action western, or it's just these uh, really skilled. Uh, it's cowboys, a dis- I guess. it's a display of of yeah. gunmanship. Of yeah, yeah. In the Magnificent Seven, it's it's like an excuse to see you know Steve McQueen and Charles Bronson be these cool cowboys back in the day, and uh, right. And that's kind of what Tombstone is. Tombstone is just a an action movie to see Val Kilmer twist and twirl his gun around and uh, make all these insane, take all these insane shots that um, in reality would never happen. But uh, yeah, it's still, uh, it's still, it's a fun movie out of, um, you know, the rest of these movies on here, I can see, um, you know, other film buffs really not caring for Tombstone because it doesn't say anything they'd probably about... <laughs> look down on us for talking yeah. about tombstone <laughs> yeah exactly you pathetic little child that likes tombstone but uh <laughs> your 20th favorite western is yeah. tombstone <laughs> <laughs> what about like 200 st- what about me? stagecoach john yeah right yeah and i don't have stagecoach on my list but i have tombstone but you know what? I gotta include something like this on it. It doesn't say anything about you know the frontier or you know these aging sheriffs that have uh, you know. It, it's not like it's not like it used to be back in the day for them. It's uh, no. It's just let's see. This Val Kilmer 
is just huge at the time and so is bill paxton and kurt russell and let's just see them have goofy mustaches and uh and shoot some, <laughs> shoot some outlaws yeah so if yeah, if you've never seen a western before tombstone is a great starter movie uh for you but uh yeah that's uh that's tombstone the popcorn western that's that's its genre cool um yeah okay then i'll briefly go over true grit and 310 to yuma again two uh two remakes um both Got actually the coen brothers and james mangold james mangold yeah and uh, those are two modern directors that have done a lot of movies that uh the mainstream uh i really liked and I, these both of these movies i would say are fairly mainstream uh especially when they came out yeah um, and I think they're both. I know True Grit was. I think Three Ten to Yuma is also a John Wayne um, Western from back in the day. Yeah, from like the seventies. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, I, for some reason, I just really enjoy the modern versions of these better. I think both James Mangold and the Coen Brothers did a really great job of, um, you know, making these modern movies that are just absolutely gorgeous, but still um, keeping a grounded. Uh, keeping it grounded towards the uh, original stories and uh, in 310 to Yuma it's starring Christian Bale and Russell Crowe who I think are both great in the movie Russell Crowe um, and Christian Bale are there um, they have this great chemistry between them although you know Christian Bale's whole mission is to um, get Russell Crowe who's this terrible terrible guy on the uh, 310 to Yuma train um, while he's you know also being attacked and uh um true grit then is um with Haley steinfeld and matt damon and jeff bridges who uh and know, brolin and james brolin or not james josh brolin, brolin. josh brolin other brolin um and you know when i think like i love john wayne and i love a lot of john wayne westerns but he's he's really you know kind of the same in most westerns i feel like um and true grit i would i would rather watch with jeff bridges i think i jeff have you ever seen hell or high water yes yeah yeah jeff bridges in that movie's awesome he's great in that too yeah and uh and uh josh brolin is also in another um i guess you can call it a western no country for old men another coen brothers yeah um, he's the western the perfect uh modern western actor like if you're gonna make one mm-hmm. yeah and i think uh i i just love true grit so much because of um you know jeff bridges and uh and Haley steinfeld too i i don't know how many other movies she's been in besides this and um there's another one like something with 17 she did with edge of, 17, edge of 17 uh she was in bumblebee, bumblebee the, yeah. the new charlie's angels elizabeth banks's uh charlie charlie angels uh charlie's angels reboot uh pitch perfect Perfect. two and three um and then spider verse she plays someone Mm. and she's a she's a singer too so she does yeah uh yeah she's all over the place but she is um a lot younger in this than she is now because it was like 10 years ago uh yeah she's really great in it too Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's uh it's roger deacon's cinematography so yeah really uh pleasing to watch and really interesting and beautiful and uh yeah and i think um jeff bridges is perfect for uh this sort of role so um 
yeah true grit and 310 to yuma i would recommend seeing the uh the originals as well but uh for me on this list um i'm going with the remakes um, that's cool two of my favorite modern westerns too two of my favorite westerns so yeah uh, and yeah. i cl- i clearly need uh to bone up on modern westerns yeah uh and those those are also they're they're not like tombstone they're not like just typical you know action movies yeah like they they're but, clearly um, taken from the old and yep yeah but they're still easy to get into they're not very like long and uh and drawn out um they're still very very easy to digest um yeah okay so next <laughs> we have like a, a, a mod podge of um movies that came out in the the, the 60, 40s 50s 60s um so i'll bring up some that um i know <laughs> so like all of them <laughs> yeah pretty much all of them <laughs> yeah so next i guess I'll, I'll just mention some that i know you've seen too that um that i know you really like uh and f- first uh let's just talk about the one that i've seen most recently and that's the one that was just added to my list um mccabe and mrs miller yeah yeah that that's yeah. um i'm glad you watched uh that one before you before we did this because it's mm-hmm. yeah if you're gonna have a western list and not necessarily like this has to be on there but you have to have at least like seen mccabe and mrs miller to like rule it out because uh, mm-hmm. yeah it is such an iconic uh iconic western of the time and yeah definitely one of my favorites that i've seen for sure mm-hmm. and it's different from um these classic westerns in the sense that it's in a completely different setting than you usually see yeah it's you know it's snowier and log cabin log cabin yeah it, it's more akin to like the hateful eight um or yeah. the great silence i i just love how warm uh the inside of the cabin <laughs> feels like and just the set design is so intricate it's just like yeah. it's crazy and, the, and everyone you know the costumes and everything everyone's crammed in yeah this. it's small room with their it's big, got like coats. The, the best feel it's really mm-hmm. that's like what i really uh when i think of it immediately i just think of the feel uh it's like no, uh, it's like no other western in that yeah, sense really. and uh um also to bring up red dead it very much reminds me of um strawberry from red dead redemption uh yeah yeah the town of strawberry it looks exactly yeah, like that it is it um, is strawberry yeah <laughs> and i think the setting is uh really important too because it's uh it's not just some straightforward you know uh, guy in a white hat and guy in a black hat uh it's you know warren Beatty is almost like a um a fraud he's kind of this like mm-hmm. con man that comes to take over this town and run this prostitution ring and he ends up getting uh, uh slight spoilers here but um i mean he ends up getting like uncovered and uh he he's uh, warren Beatty is is a very like is a very charming and pretty guy you know he's, he's like a pretty boy yeah. and yet he plays it so well of being this like mumbling nervous guy knowing that he is uh yeah, that he's being found out, that people are um, starting to get, catch on to him. Yeah. And that his, he's in danger, Yeah, really. And I think, yeah, I think Warren Beatty is really great in this because, uh, you know, he's not like his character in, uh, in Bonnie and Clyde who's just who just oozes coolness. He's, 
uh yeah he, he's really nervous yeah he's like he's right like now. wayne in red river a little yeah. bit yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's he's definitely he lacks some uh he's got he's got like a dumb a dumbness to him even at like in the the cover photo i'm looking at on letterbox it's like yeah okay i remember i remember <laughs> that vibe from his character just that look you yeah. get uh yeah and it, but it's it's still a really great really great western um this one this one snuck into my uh into my top 10 yeah westerns i would say and i definitely will want to rewatch it too um, yes same yeah. that's it's a after i saw you logged it and i remembered that this movie was a thing i i was like yeah i should that's on my rewatch list like immediately because i i would i it's like i would have more it's one of those where i'd have more to say about it right now but i it's like i really need to rewatch it yeah and it's on hbo max now which is why i uh no which is why I got to see it because um, I don't, as are I don't all, know if I all the gr- as are all great things <laughs> are on HBO, HBO Max. HBO Max is amazing right now. So uh, if you if you got it like we did, then um, yeah, go check it out. Um, okay, let's see another one. We'll we'll backtrack a little bit to uh, one we we actually did an episode on this one. So if you want to hear more about it, you can go back to that one. But uh, Johnny Guitar. Yes, the Nick Ray, Nick Ray Crawford Western with Sterling Hayden. Yes. And, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah Sterling love Hayden movie. and Joan Crawford are, are really great in this. And, uh, you know, a lot of these movies are just about guys and men. Yeah. And, uh, and Johnny and we got, Guitar. We got the manliest man going up against yeah. the manliest woman. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the strongest woman is better. Joan say. Crawford is pretty badass. Yeah, I, guess I would say in uh, in Johnny Guitar puts Sterling Hayden in her place a lot. Yeah, it's really and, yeah, it's really great to watch. Um, I I'll read the the plot of Johnny Guitar, I guess, because it's not as um, I don't know, not as straightforward. But uh, on the outskirts of town, the hard nosed Vienna, um, Joan Crawford owns a saloon frequented by the undesirables of the region, including Dancing Kid and his gang. Another patron of Vienna's establishment is Johnny Guitar, former gunslinger and her lover. Uh, when a heist is pulled in town that results in a man's death, Emma, Emma Small, Vienna's rival, rallies the townsfolk to take revenge on Vienna Saloon, uh, even without proof of her wrongdoing. Um, and yeah, with uh, with that, the uh, the ending is um, the ending like shootout, heavy shootout fight is is yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, um, for sure. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. We gotta rank the shootouts. Yeah, shootout, shootouts. Yeah, this is one yeah. of the best. Well, I like westerns, um, like these where the the majority of the movie is uh, talking and walking in in and out of different buildings in the town, and then there's like maybe one shootout at the end i usually i I, those are the ones Mm -hmm. i draw toward really easily yeah and it's funny because there's westerns that are almost either you know they're going across the great frontier of the american west or the whole thing is basically just about this one community there's the adventure western and then there's the they're really the immersive community Mm -hmm. and yeah like Johnny Guitar and like Rio Bravo are definitely the immersive community, and then 
um, and then like uh, Bone Tomahawk and uh, Red River are the adventure westerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So you kind of get to know like this cast of characters that's in the that's in the town and all their hatred yeah. for each other. And... Yeah, and the pol- the politics are established mm-hmm. very quickly. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, I guess I, I don't have too much more to say about um, Johnny Guitar, but uh, yeah, it's great, and it's in my yeah, it's, it's in my top twenty. Yeah, and if you want to hear more, you can listen, go back and listen to our podcast on it. Um, and since you mentioned uh, Rio Bravo, right there, um, I think it's a great time to bring up both uh, Rio Bravo and High Noon, which are um, yeah, yeah. on my top twenty list which are both um, combating movies. Right, uh, right. And if you don't know anything about these, High Noon was this um, Gary Cooper movie about this, um, you know, this marshal in this town who's retiring with his wife and they're just going to go, um, you know, set off in the sunset and, uh, you know, just enjoy the rest of their their life away from, away from the town. And um, But at the same time, there's this... Um, man who gary cooper sent to prison back in the day who's come back for revenge and he's you know arriving on the the train at high noon and um it basically entails it's it has a lot this is all around you know cold war and has a lot to do with um mccarthyism and um, blacklisting in hollywood and uh basically gary cooper uh, you know he feels like it's up to him to protect the town from this and, and stand up to this um this guy and his and his posse um that are coming to you know coming for revenge and none of the townspeople um have any care in helping him and he's based he's all on his own and um yeah, the, the more i like i think back on high noon the more i really try and sympathize with uh or empathize with um, gary, gary cooper Coop- gary cooper because he is, you know, standing up for them, and it reminds me a lot of now of all these people. Like, I'm not gonna st- stay socially distanced or stay home. I'm sick of staying home. I'm gonna go out and do all these things. Well, then, mm-hmm. all these people, all these, you know, medical professionals are like, wear a mask, stay home, and people are just ignoring them. Yeah. And it's, so it's reminded me a little bit of that. I definitely too. felt bad for Gary Cooper when I uh, was just, when you're just watching become more isolated from the rest of the rest of the town, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, everyone turns his back on him, and um, he's left all on his own. And then, in the end, he—I mean, him and his wife take care of business in a way, and then they just—they just leave, and not yeah. on a, not on a good note with the townsfolk. But it's almost like a, he just gives them the middle finger, yeah, and then rides off. Yeah, to to quote uh, Hans Gruber. <laughs> uh Gary Cooper will not be riding off with Grace Kelly. So if you want to know <laughs> what movie he's quoting in Die Hard, uh it's High Noon. Wow, good call. I wouldn't have remembered that. Yeah. It's like yeah, I think of that like immediately if there's any Gary Cooper movie, I'm like, "Oh yeah. <laughs> he won't be riding off with Grace Kelly." Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess in contrast to that, you have Rio Bravo, which is the right. John Wayne Howard Hawks movie. Yeah, which, which we've talked we talked about a lot. I think yeah. these are good to put together um, 
because I felt I I like High Noon a lot, mm-hmm. and I totally get why it's on your list. But I felt more um, like I had to get myself into it when I felt like Rio Bravo really like just spoke to my uh, film watching sensibilities easier. If like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like something I had to get into, it just felt like something that was like meant you know where you know just my personal taste. I was like this is. This is what I'm looking for. It's like way more unconventional. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of character moments. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of humor. Uh, yeah. It's got it's a it's very it's very upbeat um, in ways in a lot of ways and also has that cynicism that you want in a smart movie. Um, got a really strong female character as well as strong as grace kelly i might say and um (laughs) it's also got a great uh uh is it dean dean martin right dean martin Martin, uh, music musical scene so this it this takes a musical turn too yeah real bravo for me it it transcends westerns if that's if that's uh, the right (laughs) thing to say yeah (laughs) yeah for for what it's worth you know with all like the politics stuff aside uh rio bravo is much higher on my list than high noon um i still really appreciate high noon for what it is but exactly what you said like rio bravo is just uh yeah it's it's more aligned with my my taste of what i would want to see in a western too you know it's about this camaraderie between um you know john wayne and his uh his group of guys that they're um instead of you know um this sheriff whining about no one uh you know trying to help him out he's like let's take this into our own hands and just like yeah kill all these guys let's just shoot them and blow (laughs) them up and yeah there's a lot of humor in it what's the what's that old guy's name that's with them he's hilarious the guy uh i don't know if it's the same Um, guy who's in is it uh is it walt yeah walter brennan walter brennan and um He's also in uh he's also in Red River um yep. to have and have not meet John Doe um I don't know like there's always like this guy around you know this type of guy like there's mm-hmm. I'm checking to see if he's in uh Stagecoach because there is that type this like exact like type of caricature in Stagecoach but I don't know I don't think it's the same guy But yeah I love also- th- I love this guy yeah. He's also in um, My Darling Clementine and a, a bunch of westerns. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely always someone like him. But, he, yeah, he provides a lot of um, the comedic moments in it. And, uh, yeah, and, and like, before, um, you know, it's really, like, depressing before in High Noon before High Noon when, uh, um, you know, this outlaw arrives in town. Um, when in Rio Bravo, it's almost like, um, from like a war movie of this platoon just like singing a song before this big battle that's about to to go down and that's yeah. that's what happens in Rio Bravo Ricky Nelson and Dean Martin sing this song and uh, and then the yeah the end the big shootout fight at the end is um, really uh, really fun and exciting and also funny too and yeah uh, yeah the, the characters are, are much just much more easy to to get on board with and uh um the ending too with um uh angie dickinson and uh yeah john it's, Wayne. it's phenomenal phenomenal ending yeah, yeah it's really great 
Um, so yeah, Real Bravo is one that I think I could watch over and over again. Uh, for, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And since this is the Tarantino Western list, that is the most Tarantino uh, <laughs> yeah. movie on this list. I think Tarantino said that every girl he takes out or he goes out on a date, he, he showed them Rio Bravo, and if they didn't like it, then he knew it wasn't going to work out. Something like that. So, yeah, Tarantino loves... Rio uh, Bravo has like some... It, it has something. It has secrets. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's... Um, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good double feature for you there. Two, two movies that... Are completely opposite spectrums but uh still really both um some of the some of the best westerns ever made um okay let's see we'll keep this moving here uh another one that we have talked about a lot um just in the fact that we've done a lot on leone and kurosawa in the past um is uh fistful of dollars which um Yep, the is, first the first one of the trilogy. Yep, first of Leone's Dollars trilogy or Man with No Name, and it is uh, a Western remake of Yojimbo, the Kurosawa yeah. movie. Um, and this is a very easy Western to get into. Totally, it's a great intro. Westerns. Yeah, yep. it's a great quintessential like you see this guy walking up, looking all laid back, coming to a town needing to survive, and immediately just sees all this. Uh, corruption and crime and just brokenness mm-hmm. of a town and just f- just fixes it it's such a uh it's such a trope in movies but i feel like this is definitely one of the first ones and the best one of the best ones as well uh mm-hmm. so yeah highly recommend it yeah and uh yeah clint eastwood is just a typical you know cool man with no name who comes to this town and pits these two you know families against each other or families but uh just sides of the town against each other and um much like all of leone's um spaghetti westerns it has a great ending too um uh so yeah that's fistful of dollars first of the dollars trilogy which we'll talk more about too um uh then let's see we'll okay next We'll go to the uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance. Yeah, that's um, one of my favorite westerns yeah. as well. Yeah, which out of all of these on my list, it's not one I haven't seen it in the longest amount of time, uh, and it's not one I really think of to rewatch. Um, but it is just it's a very very good film uh, on as like a retrospective on what the west was as jimmy stewart and john wayne are in it and they're but they play much older characters yeah um sort of look yeah looking back on on how the west has evolved into you know uh, what it is in their modern day yeah and i feel Uh, i feel like this is super it's super accessible um and i feel i just feel um i feel mainly because I don't know. I don't know. I I just felt the. I especially I felt like the villain. I had seen this guy before. Um, mm-hmm. just this type of villain. The whole feel, just the ugliness, the the the, just his um the mass fear he creates among the town. Uh, I felt like his weight, but it also just felt very familiar at the same time. And uh, he's also very he's very hateable, and uh, especially when he's yeah. going against uh. <laughs> 
He's going against Jimmy Jimmy's and and Jimmy Stewart is on the other end, uh, one of the more likable guys ever. So just yeah. the fact that mm-hmm. he's going up against him, it creates a very typical like hero underdog likable guy like versus villain dynamic and uh yeah just the and, and it's just it's just great with Stuart and Wayne because they're so they're such different actors uh what they Completely represent what they yeah. represent in terms of like uh the american man like the uh the thinker the thinker more thinker do gooder versus like the you know the guy who the guy who's got the quick the quick uh the quick draw and the mm-hmm. uh the big frame um yeah, it's 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 a great it's a great duo, and uh, yeah, I just yeah. I just loved everything about this film. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's a John Ford movie. Who John Ford is, you know, the Western direct- director. Yeah, exactly. And this is one, uh, you know, a little bit later than um, uh, a lot of his other big name westerns too, um, like Stagecoach. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's a bona fide classic western yeah this one i i think you would probably um see on any you know like top 10 western uh list for sure um yeah that's the man who shot liberty valance we just have a, a few more before we get to the top five then um and the next one so we've got two that i don't think you've seen that i'll talk about right before we get to the top five um for this one this is a bit of a curveball that i actually um, I just added recently and I didn't have it before just because I for some reason when I think of westerns I don't think of this one but uh, I just added it uh, Blazing Saddles yeah um, no that's um, that's a fair <laughs> that's a fair one to do yeah I'm happy you yeah. have this one this on this list because yeah it's one of the I think if you uh, have a top ha- see top westerns list Blazing Saddles would be one of them mm-hmm. yeah and I uh yeah i just don't think of it as a western because it's it's uh, a comedy western which there aren't a lot of but it's uh it's i think one of mel brooks best movies yeah and it's gene wilder uh at his best and yeah his comedy movie legend it's probably easily his most well-regarded one so you gotta yeah. you gotta put mm-hmm. it on there and uh, most people have have seen this if you're a little younger maybe you haven't but you've probably your dad or your uncle probably loves blazing saddles or talks about blazing saddles so um yeah and i've also seen it um coincidentally on some people's um lists on uh you know like black lives matter cinema because it it has um you know it has this black sheriff who uh, the the characters and in the town are just you know beside themselves that this uh this black guy becomes that's funny because we Um, just did an episode on that and i would yeah the lat one of the last movies would be mel brooks blazing saddles (laughs) if i were to think exactly yeah and uh but it has a lot of you know racial um i guess issues that it brings up in comedic ways but also showing um uh and i don't i don't think it's insensitive and maybe someone could correct me but uh, I, I think it brings them up in, you know, making fun of the white Gentile man's view, um, you know, back in this time of, you know, a black sheriff. Yeah. And I, I even thought that, uh, I thought I read before that it was supposed to, cause this was, I think Richard Pryor also co-wrote this, uh, and it was supposed to be 
Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor together, but the studio refused to allow Richard Pryor to star in the role because he was problematic for them. So instead, um, it's uh, Cleavon Little. Yeah, right. So that was supposed to be Richard Man, Pryor, but um, Richard Pryor yeah. and uh, Gene Wilder would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. Damn. Yeah, and they've been in so many movies together that um, this would have been another one to, you know, to add to the the list of them that they've done. But uh, yeah, I guess the, I think it's a, the studio that didn't, they just refused to have him because they they didn't think they could trust him, and you know, because his stand-up act was um radical just very radical yeah yeah even though there's a lot of um very you know racy jokes in mel brooks movies but uh for some reason richard pryor is a black comedian um you know they didn't want to include but uh, you know i actually yeah. didn't know that uh gene wilder and richard pryor were in a bunch of movies together uh, like I knew they were and I've, I've seen it before, but I didn't really know to the extent of how many movies they've been in together. So I'm gonna, I gotta go down that road again. Yeah. Eventually that sounds awesome. I actually just started like getting a bug to watch, to want to watch Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor movies. Cause I, I'd rewatched Willy Wonka and, uh, and then I had watched stir crazy, which is one with both of them. And, yeah, so now I'm wanting to to get into all the movies that they've done together because they, um, just from watching Stir Crazy, uh, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor, are such uh, there's such a great comedic duo together, uh, and uh, yeah, I just Gene Wilder and, and him are just two of the best comedic um, just actors ever. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Gene Wilder is like something else sometimes. Yeah. I'm like one of wow. a kind. Yeah. So I yeah I just I watched Willy Wonka and that's something that everyone watches as a kid like a billion times, but as a kid you know he's just this kooky character you know and I only saw him as Willy Wonka but he even in Willy Wonka he's so he's amazing and he's just yeah he he takes on a uh, just a level of what like he's like he's 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 got dark magic he's made of dark magic or something or just <laughs> yeah. like this just this weird energy that yeah. nobody else could have done. Oh yeah. Only he can pull, he can pull off. So, um, yeah. And blazing saddles is another one that he's great in. So, uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the comedy Western to throw in there. And then the, the final two before we get to the top five are, um, one eyed jacks and high plains drifter. Um, yeah, I haven't seen either uh, of them. So High Plains Drifter is one I've uh, just seen in the, well, I just saw it last year, and I think it was on, um, you know, my my top five first watches of 2019 list, and um, I yeah, I absolutely loved this movie, um, and uh, it's a Clint Eastwood directed western from the 70s. That's very different from uh, the newer Clint Eastwood directed movies. It's not anything like American Sniper or The Mule. Um, but it is, uh, it's almost like, um, I think Clint Eastwood even said this, it's almost an ode to Sergio Leone and um, the Spaghetti yeah. Western. I mean, story. I have to assume he learned how to direct films from yeah. Sergio Leone and some yeah, just right. watching him. I mean, like, how could he not? And spending so much time with him in the, you know, the yeah. 60s. Um, and this one is, is, it's very similar to those in the sense of Clint Eastwood is this very cool you know skilled gunslinger that comes into this town he's like this drifter nobody knows 
who he is or what he's about and um you know that the townspeople are kind of terrorized by this um you know these outside gangs and uh, and everything and clint eastwood you know plays it up to them that he's gonna he's gonna train everybody in the town to um to fight you know to fight yeah they're, they're all like these uh I'm trying to think of a movie that's similar to this sounds like they... uh it's like it's like the karate kid <laughs> or something yeah. like that or in a uh, way yeah he's like teaching everyone to wax on wax off but with uh with guns they have there's like... yeah there's ones more i don't know more specific where there's a lot where there's yeah they're trying to train an army it's like they're not yeah. soldiers these are farmers <laughs> yeah exactly Peasants. there's definitely like i feel like i can picture a comedy movie in my head where you know this guy has to train all these just regular people like yeah in the in the patriot i think uh with mel gibson <laughs> the all the militia is like they're not soldiers at first there's there's you know there's so many yeah tropes like that in any movie with guns Mm -hmm. and i and i don't want to give this is one that there is a twist ending and i feel like even just saying there's a twist ending is giving too much away but yeah i I don't want to give too much away. hey hey they don't they don't save the town what (laughs) but uh yeah we i'll just say clint eastwood has uh has more to his backstory than uh, than meets the There's eye. There's more than meets the eye. He's not just yes. a high plains drifter. Yeah, he's not just some drifter from the high plains <laughs> looking to help out these townsfolk. Yeah, there's um uh, the I, I absolutely love the ending and it's cool. Almost, uh, it's almost supernatural in a way too. Okay. Um, that's yeah. That, all that's, right. That's yeah, cool. It's it's hard to explain the ending without just giving everything away. So. Um, yeah it's, it's a, another one it's it's not about a lot about like you know it's not about mccarthyism or any political things it's just about um yeah no i, I see i'm still saying too much it's a it's a it's a, a definitely like an action a, an action gritty action western gotcha so yeah i i was gonna try to watch that this movie this week um and i was looking through my dad's my dad has a clint eastwood like box set so many and when you're looking through this thing you realize how many clint eastwood movies there really are it's insane because there were so many and i was like he has to have this movie right and he did they didn't have it wasn't in the set really yeah surprising um because it does sound like really good and like a quintessential eastwood in a way but yeah there's just so many (laughs) yeah in the end yeah, there's really yeah, there's so many still haven't even uh, seen that uh, that Clint Eastwood's done. I mean, um, yeah, it's interesting to see his you know trajectory from going from this guy who's just in these Leone westerns to directing his own and having his own like uh, you know take on one. So um, yeah, High Plains Drifter it's a, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Um, that uh, uh, for anyone keeping keeping score at home, it, it is number six, so it just doesn't make my top five um but then the other one uh that's in my top 20 that we haven't talked about is one-eyed jacks which um it's interesting to put these together because this one is starring and directed by marlon brando (laughs) which is just the craziest (laughs) thing (laughs) yeah and uh it's uh honestly it it kind of uh blew me away um yeah because i it's um 
It, it took me a Isn't little bit. Isn't it the to longest? Is it really long? Uh, yeah, it's like two and a half hours, I think. Okay, that's may, not that. It might I'm... be pushing three hours, but I think it's two and a half. Yeah. Um, so it definitely, it did take me a little bit to get into it just because it is very long. But, um, yeah, it's, I mean, Brando is, uh, is great in this role. And it also, um, so, so basically it's, it's Marlon Brando and Carl Malden, who is, I think he's the minister in, um, on the waterfront. Oh, nice. Um, the preacher, whatever he is in that. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're like this duo, this, they're this bank robbing duo. And, um, Carl Malden ends up, you know, um, basically stabbing Marlon Brando in the back and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, setting him up. And, uh, years later, then Marlon Brando escapes from prison and then seeks revenge. Yeah. So the whole movie is about him. That's cool. (laughs) Tracking down Carl Malden to get his revenge. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a really cool Western. Marlon Brando is obviously just a very cool Marlon Brando esque character. Uh, he speaks slowly he does yeah he mumbles um, and this is also um this is this was all shot around um the monterey area in california um so it's really gorgeous it's like on the coast mm. um, but also in these you know california western towns which is a little different than just you know the open you can um, tell it's california yeah right yeah and uh um so it's also cool you know just living around here and seeing uh, a lot of similarly looking areas and just a little bit of a different setting. Um, and yeah, one eye Jack's, uh, really loved, uh, it's, uh, it's in the criterion collection too. Oh, is it? Um, and I've thought about getting it a lot, but, uh, yeah, I, I've, I was going to try to watch this movie too. It's on Tubi, So I'm going to probably check it out eventually. Mm. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I just like just a movie that, uh, is directed by Marlon Brando is just to me the most interesting thing. Like just to think of just even to, you know, to read up on uh, the production of it or something like that, just cause he's, he's not a director at all. (laughs) Like, like, and he's like the craziest guy too. So just, and he's a, he's like just so intense and such a diva as well. So I just, I just, just trying to picture, um the you know the crew and probably like just the environment you know the how what the crew probably had to deal with um and probably just the weird environment that this guy created on set is yeah, just right. probably it's just yeah i'm very intrigued by that i would love it, to watch a making of documentary if they had one yeah. of this movie I was just gonna say that that would that would be awesome if there was a documentary on the behind the scenes of of One Eye Jacks. Because it's like if, he, if, if you watch say guy. the make um, the Heart of Darkness, the making of Apocalypse Now. I don't know if you've mm. watched that yet, no, but I if you watch like Marlon Brando in that documentary, it's like okay, how could this guy ever direct a film? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how would people want to? be in a film directed by him too because i just hear so many stories of him being so difficult to work with just because he's very he's just so opinionated and he's just so himself like yeah he's, yeah 
Yeah. But at, just one of the yeah. most interesting people. In, yeah. Uh, and at the same time, Hollywood he's like, history, yeah, yeah, he's like one of the most brilliant guys. He's just like yeah. a genius, just such a genius. And Right. Yeah. yeah. I totally he, see a lot of his like, I've, I've watched a lot of his interviews and I'll, I'm on one end. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious that this guy is <laughs> yeah. like this. But on another end, I kind of agree with like a lot of his viewpoints a lot of the times and just yeah yeah how radical he uh ra- how radical his viewpoints were yeah i don't i don't know if anyone else could pull off the uh you know sending the native american woman to reject the oscar on his behalf yeah not accept it on his behalf but i could see like joaquin phoenix doing something like that yeah. nowadays for sure yeah uh, yeah, I think I feel like you would like uh, One Eye Jack. Yeah, you'd I think I, I, just I think I for, would. Like you said, just being directed by Marlon Brando. Um, so yeah, yeah, those are all all in the um, twenty through six range of my top twenty westerns list. And again, you can see the full ranking on our letterbox. It's it's a pre- um, it's a pretty list. I'll say that it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, so now we'll go. We'll just go through the top five and. Um, now I know you've seen all five of these. Um, <laughs> I know you've seen all five. I know, of these. man. And uh, these I think are must watches, and these are ones that I could watch constantly. Um, but uh, we'll start with number five, which I saw you watched recently. And it's yep. the Wild Bunch. I watched in preparation. Yes, Sam Peckinpah. Um, and this is a very much a man movie <laughs> yeah i i you know i don't want this to come across the wrong way but i i really doubt that there would be a lot of women that would be into the wild bunch and that's totally understandable there might not be a lot of women into anything in your top five uh i could i could see i could see one for a, a few reasons but we'll, we'll get to that but yes that uh, for for most of these in my top five yeah um and yeah uh, the wild bunch is um about these aging outlaws and they're just a bunch of gun shooting um the times are changing and they've they're trying to survive and they get caught up in all this uh all these um excursions with uh mexicans yeah. people across the border uh, and uh yeah sam peckinpah is 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 known to be just a uh um very outlandish guy and uh he's not a guy that studios really really like mm. um part of the fact really? that in this movie he just uh a lot of the women in this movie a lot of the, the prostitutes that are in this movie are actual prostitutes that they just oh, got okay while filming they and, do seem uh, very free in their scenes. I will say, yes, <laughs> they're very they are. loose. So that makes and, sense. And that was, you know, purposely done by him as basically, he he wanted. Um, I can't think of who the studio is, but let's just say it's Universal. He Sam Peckinpah <laughs> openly said he wanted, um, you know, he wanted to uh, be able to say that Universal bought prostitutes for him in this movie. Wow so uh not even i thought it was gonna be uh yeah i don't care if they don't want me to have prostitutes i want it for my movie (laughs) he just wants (laughs) he's just outwardly trying to fuck them over yeah i i think he just wanted to be like 
you know, fuck you. Like this is this is my movie. You're gonna yeah. buy these prostitutes, and it's gonna look bad on you. Yeah. But this is my. I mean, movie. he. Yeah. yeah, clearly from watching this, he got. Ever he he got everything he wanted because the scale of this movie is huge. Um, yeah. With the variety of just set piece action scenes, uh, like shootouts and a train robbery, yeah. and just um, the scale of it, and that the fact that uh, they were able to capture all they captured all of it, just like the size of it and the scale of it, so well. Um, uh, just being able to just cover all this, um, how many different guys there are running at from various directions uh it's yeah so in that sense i thought it was like a very masterfully uh directed uh western uh, yeah just like ah uh, very obviously well directed uh yeah like at, yeah. outside of like ford and hawks and uh uh leone i was like when i was watching this i'm like oh yeah this is also one of those like really well directed <laughs> westerns where just like you can just feel the scale of what they're making and just the yeah 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 and it's uh it's uh i think it what adds to it is that peckinpah wanted to make this exact movie and uh you know i everything went his way and um yeah, it's just action packed right from the from the get go too. You you're immediately you know th- thrown into. Uh, well, it even starts out. It's um, it's like these kids that are just like oh yeah the insects the insects with the cockroach uh, shot. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. that yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, great great imagery just for to describe the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, love right the from opening. there that that's yeah the opening scene it's, they kind of yeah it's, they kind of bring in that imagery then they do the shootout then they bring it back and then the mm-hmm. adventure uh begins yeah it's just setting you up for the rest of the this wild and crazy um you know story that happens and uh, uh I, I'll, I'll read the plot a little bit here for those of you who haven't seen but uh oh, even the tagline is great too unchanged man men in a changing land <laughs> which is perfect for it it's uh yeah aging outlaw pike bishop who um is played by william holden who's obviously amazing in this uh, prepares to retire after one final robbery joined by his gang dutch engstrom and brothers lyle and tector gorch bishop uh, discovers the heist is a setup orchestrated by a former partner um the remaining gang takes refuge in mexican territory thornton trails them resulting in fierce gunfights with uh plenty of casualties um and yeah this this has a huge cast too there's ernest born nine uh robert ryan edmund o'brien um struther martin and uh yeah it's um yeah i mean like everything you said this is a, a huge grand scale western yeah and uh it's it's a it's a must see it's yeah it's a crazy ride i'd yeah. say uh, like other than the fact that it's grandiose the other thing i took away is that it's it's a very it's very a, a very joyful movie um, yeah mm-hmm. as well like there's so much uh just scenes that are very joyful there's a lot of scenes where they're just the characters are letting loose of tension just from laughing uh together <laughs> um and you really feel that camaraderie well as they do it and uh so yeah, so yeah, just all those things put together. Yeah, I could, I just was able to see uh, 
while the why the wild bunch was so high on your list yes so high all the way up to number five uh yeah that's that's the wild bunch um all right then we'll move on to number four which is one we did an episode on this way back Mm -hmm. uh, yeah when i had when i had not seen it and i still think i need to see this movie again yes i i think you do too because um so number four is once upon a time in the west the leone movie and this was after the the dollars trilogy with clint eastwood um and it's with henry henry fonda and charles bronson um henry fonda playing a, a villain which he usually isn't yeah um one of those characters um and i think he's great in that and then charles bronson plays harmonica who's um uh the main protagonist in it and uh once upon a time in the west is a super long movie and even the opening scene uh if you're not prepared for it i mean a lot happens but really nothing happens at the same time and uh yeah in the opening scene it's very long and drawn out but i think it's but yeah that um, opening scene that's the one i remember most mostly because it's just out of everything from the movie because it's just beautifully like beautifully like rhythmic with the editing and the sound design um it's just so great every little detail has a purpose uh in it and there's just you know the the dripping of water yeah um, you know just these close-up shots and uh yeah and this is one that uh had i not you know the, the the time we did a podcast on it was the second time um, watching it for me and it had such a bigger impact on me on me the second time i saw it than the first time so i think yeah if I that's what i'm thinking it, i'm it thinking that i will be beaming in the glory of once upon a time <laughs> in the west if i watch it again yeah i because i definitely didn't think super fondly of it i thought it was a great movie when i first saw it but it wasn't definitely wasn't top five for me yeah and uh and i've seen a lot of people that it hasn't really resonated with um which i i can definitely see because it's not super just easy to get into but uh the second time yeah just um by the ending i was just so just in awe i was fulfilled (laughs) yeah it was it was like a a powerful moment at the end like all these leone spaghetti westerns there's a, a very huge ending uh and this one i i would almost say out of all of his it might be the best ending although it's not my favorite of the leone westerns it might be my favorite ending that's cool um but yeah uh it's a long one though like like <laughs> very long <laughs> it's one you could probably do in uh, in two sittings to put it exactly 166 minutes so pretty it's, decently yeah. long it's it's very much uh yeah an epic um but yeah that's that's once upon a time in the west and with that we'll move right into so this is where i switched up my list a little bit because originally i had this one at number one for the longest time but then i really started to think about i rewatched one and started to rethink you know uh my personal top 20 westerns list but number three is the good the bad and the ugly um formerly known as the number one yeah <laughs> right that's the big the big news is that it's yes no longer number one and i feel like when it comes to like spaghetti westerns once upon a time in the west and the good and the bad and the ugly are like 
regarded as like the the big ones yeah from leone because i think they're just the like the wild bunch they're on just massive scales they're these huge epic movies mm-hmm. that um so much happens uh in in both of these and you know, especially in good the bad and the ugly and uh it, yeah it's almost um yeah i switched it around because it's uh it's almost too big at times <laughs> with that said i still think it's it's a still a that shoot that shootout they but... like that final shootout they cut around that just <laughs> build the anticipation cutting around that shootout for like an hour <laughs> yeah it's that that part is very drawn out and uh th- this has all the cool um you know clint eastwood moments you need um and lee van cleef too you know lee van cleef is in yeah. this and um he is the great, you know, antagonist to, to um, Blondie. Clint Eastwood. To Blondie, yeah. And uh, what's his name? Um, Eli Wallach plays Tuco. They have this great partnership where, uh, you know, Tuco gets gets in trouble and is, is going to be hanged. They, you know, they steal a bunch of money, uh, something. And then um, Clint Eastwood shoots him down from uh, the rope they're about to hang him in rescues him and it's these very cool um very cool set pieces i guess with uh, yeah i I can hear i can hear just the the sound of the gunshot just like cutting through that rope like in that scene Mm -hmm. it's just the the sounds that they get for the gunshots in these leone movies are so distinct uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like i can't think of another gunshot in uh movies that like that i yeah that just sticks in your head like that yeah i think those are like the quintessential like western sounds yeah uh, oh totally yeah i've been thinking lately especially since we were doing this episode about how uh like if whenever it is like i dive but i could uh, like i dive back into that leone style like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be just like drippy like my ears and eyes are going to be so stimulated just from that style that <laughs> yeah. leone has yeah absolutely yeah and then this one actually has a lot of uh um a lot of humor in it too compared to the rest of the leone ones. yeah like, tuco is yeah a, is a this is a re- comic very funny character. movie mm-hmm. and uh, yeah and tuco and, and blondie they uh they just have this relationship that yeah, clint eastwood just doesn't put up with Tuco's shit and he's this very just crazy wild guy and uh and uh yeah I I, I think uh good and the bad bad of the ugly is I, there's a lot of there's not a lot of uh negative things I could say about it because I absolutely love it but the only thing is that maybe it's <laughs> too big which is why I yeah. brought it down a couple notches yeah um and same with Once Upon a Time in the West that's why it's not you know number one or two because it's it's so big um but this is also, I should say, my favorite, probably my favorite score uh, of all time, the Morricone um, yeah. score, which is also the quintessential Western score. This is, yeah, which maybe contributes, also contributes to the too big <laughs> portion of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is also the first movie uh, that I have saw at the Music Box Theater. Really? Now that I'm thinking wow. of it, yeah, on I'm pr- probably on 35 millimeter at least, wow. and uh, yeah, it was the first movie I saw there, and so I had never been to a theater like 
uh, the music box before. So it was just like sitting in an old theater watching this was a, quite a quite a uh, new and so at the time a new really interesting experience. I was like, wow, I'm really <laughs> into film right now. <laughs> this is a movie, and yeah. like the and the you know they really like. Uh, they, cr- I, I don't know. I just felt it all, the music box and ha- being there just enhanced my, my viewing, uh, so well. I bet. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I would love to see, um, any of Leone spaghetti Westerns on like an actual, um, you know, in a movie theater. Cause I never have, but, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, okay. That's, uh, that's the good, the bad and the ugly. And we're getting to the final two here. Uh, and the next one, this is, I, you mentioned that a lot of women wouldn't be into uh, um, any of the top five, which I definitely, I agree with that like 99%. The only 1% I would say is for this movie, which is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, and it's strictly because Paul Newman and Robert Redford, um, you know, they're, they're like the, I don't know, the Clooney and Pitt yeah uh, of the day or yeah. something and um and yeah, they're know, pretty they're pretty accessible for all yeah yeah and uh butch casting the sunnets kid yeah number two uh if you listen to the podcast before it's no surprise i uh i'm a big fan of george roy hill and uh the movies he's done with paul newman like this the sting and ah, i still have to see the sting i'm just remembering <laughs> now <laughs> man uh yeah and I, the sting i think is my my favorite uh you know of of their movies together but yeah but uh, but when i watched yeah. i remember the last time i thought that i should really go see the sting is when I watched this film, Butch Cassidy and the mm-hmm. Sundance Kid, because I was like, well, this movie was really great. I should watch The Sting now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this movie is uh, really great. I just watched it for the first time uh, last year. Um, and I thought, I thought that I should have seen it when I was a kid, when I was like, you know, if if I saw it when I was eleven or twelve, it would have been you know my favorite movie ever for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, better late than never. And um, yeah, this yeah this movie's just fantastic. Uh, I definitely agree with its slot on this list. It it would probably be around there for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the more the more I watch it, the more I love it. And it could easily, um, you know, move into the number one spot sometimes. But. Uh, yeah, it's a little different than um, a lot of these other westerns. Too, yeah, uh, in a way, I found it a little similar uh, to the Wild Bunch. Mainly, probably just because the time period it was made, it probably had a lot of uh, similarities in look and style and uh, mm-hmm. grandiose quality, and just uh, act, the filming of the action scenes. But uh, yeah, also just because it's both about like men having to move on uh with the times and um just due to the extent of the violence uh they both are very violent yeah super violent and yet like the most charming and yeah exactly exactly outlaws ever Mm -hmm. yeah and uh and catherine ross sort of you know plays the the woman in their trio who they she's like you can't keep doing this (laughs) (laughs) And she, yeah, and she's sort of a great, um, 
great character to uh, almost keep them, you know, grounded and reel them in at times. Yeah, totally. And uh, and I think she has great chemistry with Paul Newman and Robert Redford, who obviously are are great together. They, um, you know, it's probably because they were also such great friends in real life. But there's scenes where they're just they're arguing with each other, or Paul Newman is making fun of Robert Redford, and it's like that like you can clearly see these guys have been through a ton together and they are like brothers almost you know they they can say anything to each other they know every every little detail about um about each other and uh yeah it just works so well and it's like paul newman is you know this this manly man he he doesn't really care what anyone thinks of him and then robert redford who's the sundance kid he's he's kind of got he's got to be like the the flashy uh, the flashy, handsome one, uh, and uh, Paul Newman makes fun of him a yeah, lot. Yeah, I love how in the opening scene, Robert Redford is immediately known as uh, the guy that no one wants to get in a shootout with. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, all right, perfect. I I know that now. Yeah, there's yeah, there's like some comical scenes of him just like shooting this bottle across the bar, um, and I also should say, I this movie is like gorgeous too yeah and i know seeing like versions of it now digitally it's been remastered but it came out in the late 60s and it looks way better than and just crisper than a lot of movies yeah. that came out in the six a lot of these i i, I found this to be um one of the easiest western viewings i've ever had like where i yeah. just immediately was entertained throughout and uh was super invested in the characters and the world uh and it is also it is a lot of it is because they do shoot it so well the west is shot so well in this movie uh, i lo- like the scene where they're running away from the uh group the group of bandits that are coming after them the bounty hunters whatever uh, the law whatever um yeah. and you kind of they kind of keep cutting back and forth between basically showing the distance uh in which they're at uh which i love i think those are some of my favorite shots in westerns are the the shots that just show the distance between people um which are just super which are just super impressive and i yeah i think during this we haven't touched on enough on just like uh the filming of uh just the filming of the land uh that is done through all these movies and how incredible it is uh yeah. Like in the Wild Bunch, there's a shot where they like they zoom out from one of the guys in the Wild Bunch, <laughs> um, uh, standing on this cliff, like really, really far away. I don't know how I don't know how far away. Really far uh, away. They zoom out and then pan about, yeah. to another guy who's also who's just who's not as far away, but still pretty <laughs> far away. At least like probably like fifty yards away, maybe. And it's just like crazy how you because that's all like measurement and uh just with the dis just the whole all the distance that you have to handle in order to plan out a shot like that uh for just like a transition uh yeah just things like that or yeah why i think uh people just make westerns and they're why they'll always be made yeah right and I think there are a lot of uh, older westerns where you can clearly see, you know, they're on a on a set uh, of some kind or they're on a you know a soundstage. But um, you know, then you have something, yeah, in the '60s, yeah, especially this yeah. one. There's just these incredible landscapes 
um, you know, a lot of them filmed in Arizona and Utah. Um, and it just, yeah, it gives you a, a great sense of um, just how wide open, uh, you know, the West was and, uh, and gives, gives it that more just lawless feel to it. And, uh, and yeah, and Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, it's just uh yeah very very easy movie to get into and it feels like a modern movie and i I think part of it is because paul newman and robert redford are just these out of this world movie stars Mm -hmm. they're just yeah that go across any all time yeah for sure uh yeah that's butch cassidy and the sundance kid number two um all right then uh then we get to number one and it's uh another movie that we did uh um, we did like the Leone Kurosawa um, series. We did a, a Leone Minnelli uh, series. That's yeah, it. and I watched uh, all the Silent Man trilogy. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and so my number one is the only one we haven't talked about yet from that trilogy, and that's uh, the second movie um, for a few dollars more. Yeah. A, a recent, uh, yeah. a new number one, a recent number one. This new number it one changed. See, yeah, this used to be the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, I rewatched for a few dollars more because I've been I've been wanting to, and and I realized I think this is my it's got to be my favorite western, and um, part of it I think is just because I the story in general, just the narrative, I uh, I'm just much more on board with than what happens in the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, especially so this is starring Clint Eastwood and Lee Van Cleef who. Um, you know are also in the good the bad and the ugly uh except in for a few dollars more they're um these two bounty hunters that you know team up to pursue um indio who is um this, you know like the most wanted the bad dog, man <laughs> bad man and uh um i think i i i picked for a few dollars more as my favorite because uh yeah just just the the story I think is just more meaningful than the good, the bad, and the ugly. When you see the motivation behind Lee Van Cleef's character and really why he's gone through all this effort, um, teaming up with Clint Eastwood to take down this outlaw. Mm. And I don't want to give, give anything away for someone who hasn't seen it, but um, I think that's a, the ending is really profound and it's, um, uh, and, and it's, and it's not just about, you know, these just gunslingers in the West while there are a lot of amazing, um, you know, gunfight sequences, um, I think <laughs> in, in the end you realize, wow, Lee Van Cleef is actually like a, a really great guy, <laughs> and, you're, and it's like so satisfying to see him, um, you know, fulfill um, what he what he was set out to do from the beginning. Mm. See that, um, see, which you don't see. Yeah, see, yeah. that's not that's why I need to watch this movie again is because I did not see that. When the first time I watched it, I did not see why he, I, I mean, I, maybe I did, but, um, maybe I just don't remember. Uh, cause what I think of is just mm-hmm. all the gunslinger scenes in this movie. Yeah. Which is, is so easy to remember. Cause that's also like the best part of this movie too, is just, uh, yeah. Just yeah. They like how... the things they the, the things they shoot, they just shoot things up into the air and then shoot it like eight more times. I'm just like, holy fucking shit. (laughs) That's why when I was talking about... Because I thought it was really a goofy thing to see. 
Um, and, totally. and then that's why yeah. when you mentioned Tombstone, I was like, okay, so this is the action one. Because I think of for a few dollars more as a very, uh, when I think of it as a very, a very showy uh, action western in a way like one of the yeah. at least for what i've seen when i think of an action like gunslinger uh western i like not I, I wouldn't say action but just a gunslinger western i think of for a few dollars more as just like the craziest reckless gunslingers almost almost video game level uh gunslingers yeah. uh, in a movie from you know this far back and i think that's why it's my favorite is that uh, I think it has a really great story and a really like profound ending while also having all of those, you know, spaghetti Western tropes. That yeah. Is, uh, it doesn't dispense like, yeah, like, uh, yeah, don't take what I'm, how I'm describing it uh, out hey, of context <laughs> because, yeah. Cause, uh, cause yeah, like I, like I said, it's very uh, showy with all the shooting scenes, but yeah, it does not dispense like any of that Leone style or any yeah. of the storytelling quality that uh, his movies usually have. Yeah, no, no, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm, and I'm liking it, <laughs> but uh, it definitely, it plays up the, the action sequences a lot. And there's even, you know, these uh for a few dollars more i would say is uh just nearly on par with um good the bad and the ugly in terms of score uh and soundtrack the score is uh is amazing in this yeah yeah i remember really digging the score shit i need to re-listen to it because i do i remember the good and the bad and the ugly one but i don't remember this one so yeah gonna have to Uh put this on when you hear it, you'll know. And I, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people who haven't even seen the movie. Well, I think there's a, there's a chance more. I probably, especially since the good, the bad, and the ugly's score is so ingrained in uh, movie culture, um, it's way more mainstream in a way, or just more known. I think mm-hmm. I probably might like the For a Few Dollars More score better when I yeah. listen to it's, it. it. They're honestly like right on par with each other for me. Um, and, and in these, like, big action sequences or it's it's playing up this big duel uh making it this huge deal uh the the score is just so loud <laughs> the music is like up to 11 it it is so loud and it's just uh it's just preparing you for uh these um great action sequences and these great gunfights and um yeah i i just uh, i think this is um this just has everything uh, you know everything I've talked about with all of these movies on my list, um, and encapsulated into one movie that, uh, yeah, that I really love. And it, yeah, it's not only my favorite western, but this like um, the other top five here, they're you know some of my favorite movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. In general. Totally. So, so uh, for a few dollars more, must be like in your, uh, your like top ten <laughs> movies list now, or like top five <sighs> movies list now. Yeah. It's funny thinking, looking back on our top ten episode from like two years ago, because I think my top ten would be completely different. I don't even know how uh, I would go about it, because yeah, I've yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I think I wouldn't take any of those movies away. There's no way because I still like all those movies as much. To but I've seen so much. Mm-hmm. I would almost have to make a top ten number two. I think yeah, rather yeah, than yeah. take mm-hmm. away the top ten I made. Yeah. 
I would say that, you know these top three: Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, Butch Cassidy, and for a few dollars more, probably I'll be in my top top twenty movies uh, of all time for sure. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. So I I, w- I would still recommend if anyone is trying to get into spaghetti westerns that they maybe start with Fistful of Dollars and then for a few dollars more and then Good, Bad, and the Ugly. You know, watch those chronologically, um, and then you know give them a rewatch and see what you like best because. Uh, yeah, after rewatching this trilogy, uh, I yeah I found for a few dollars more to be just my favorite um, out of those three too. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're if you're going for westerns, if you need westerns to watch, John's got you. Yeah, we we've got it. Uh, check out the full rankings on our on our letterbox if you want to see that because um, we only just went you know one through five yeah no yeah check out the list Um, it'll it'll be worth it's a sight to see i've been looking at it this whole time (laughs) yes uh yeah and who knows you keep an eye out maybe there'll be there's definitely some westerns that i still haven't seen yet so maybe there'll be maybe there'll be changes to the list yeah maybe there'll be a rewatch or something and then i'll you know and then you'll have to text me to change uh the list (laughs) (laughs) on change it hey i changed the list on my letterbox so change it now for our letterboxd yeah right yeah so um yeah yeah check that out and we'll we'll have more lists on on letterboxd um coming up too um you know maybe with with one of luke's uh, maybe 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 i'll get to do a list for a change (laughs) 